We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's February. We are back talking baseball. Uh, we've been talking a lot of stuff. NFBC, some uh, all the offseason moves, maybe a few corner infielders. But we'll be back talking baseball all coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Been a while, but I can finally say happy Sunday night to everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Scott Jenstead, joined as always during baseball season on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. Uh, Jeff, it's been a while. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm raring to go, Scott. I'm excited to talk some baseball. Nice. Uh, James Anderson, uh, Ryan Boyer, Chris Crawford have been doing amazing work all off season. You know, we're parachuting in. We don't want to pretend like we're saving the day. We're hoping to add on to. Yep. The tremendous content that's already been produced so far. Um, and hey, I'm excited. Uh, this week we've got you know all of our podcasts going now. It's gonna, I'm going to be up uh, on Tuesday with Tuesday night with Fred. Thursday uh, it's going to be Eric Holtram and I doing a review of the new roundtable rankings, which will be going up later this week. That's a tease for you there. Um, nice. You know we still have big name free agents out there somehow, uh, but. I've been consuming. I was consuming good content all day. It's a rainy day out here, so hey, listen to a bunch of podcasts. Listen to uh, James with uh, Phil Dussault uh, and their latest, which was fantastic. I listened to the latest Sleeper in the Bus podcast. It's been a good day. Yeah, it is. It's raining here. I'm hoping the power stays on. We got some wind going also, so hopefully yeah. we have some power for the next hour. But uh, where are you in your in the baseball season so far? I am. Uh, I'm notorious for starting late in baseball. Um, usually, it's uh, you know, conference championship week in the NFL. I usually start right after that, which just happened last week. Mm-hmm. With uh, with the team that's in the Super Bowl, uh, residing from the Bay Area, I'm a little uh, more distracted than I, uh, you know, a little more focused on football than I normally am at this point. So looking forward to that. Um, if anybody has any Super Bowl tickets, uh, hit me up. Uh, but uh, so the Niners are going to be there. But yeah, I've started uh, started jumping a little bit, started to look at ADP, started to look at stuff. Where are you in the uh, the baseball uh, world here? Are you Obviously, you've done projections and stuff for the site. But where are you? Are you drafting yet? What uh, Where do you kind of fall out? I've got uh, two slow draft. Well, one slow draft is done in NFBC 50. Um, and I'm also doing a draft champions right now. We're in like the 45th round. It's the speakers draft from first pitch, Arizona. Nice. Um, and I'm realizing I have a lot more work to do, um, but that we always have a lot more work to do. You know, you ever get those nightmares about, Oh, I have it. Like the, 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 Oh, I have a midterm or a final, 
Uh, and I haven't gone to class for the last six weeks. Well, that that's baseball prep in a nutshell right there. Is that not because there's always something to study? Yeah, that was pretty much my last week as I look at people that are like, you have done 20 drafts. And I'm like, oh, here we're going to get going. And it, there's no way around it. I mean, prepping for baseball drafts is, is really, really fun, but takes a lot of work. There's no easy exactly. part of this, you know, prepping for this pod, doing this podcast. There's a lot of work that goes into this stuff. And I'm just trying to like get settled into that amount of work. I love doing it, but it's uh, it's always a little difficult to find the time. So it's, uh, it's about that time. You got to ramp it up. If you don't ramp it up now. Uh, you're going to be in trouble. We play in obviously some really um, big competitive leagues. And uh, if you don't get it going now, uh, you're going to be in trouble. As I think both of us uh, a little bit struggled last year. So we're both looking to uh, redeem ourselves a little bit this year. With hopefully Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I I know that Phil and, uh, and Toby have put together the Champions League for the NFBC. And I think it's a wonderful idea. And I encourage you to reach out to those guys to find out more details. Uh, I haven't signed up yet in part because I'm embarrassed about how I played last year. So um, I want to make sure I'm not throwing good money after bad. I, I probably will still do it, but uh, yeah. And the champions league is a, it's a, there's a main event and online championship and a draft champions. You and your, your stats for those go together. And then everybody in it, there's a hundred teams in it right now. The top 15 uh, get into a league, a live auction league in Vegas the next year. And there's a big pot of money that goes into right. that. So if you're signing up for all three of those anyway, it's a little bit more money that goes to the champions pot. Uh, uh, bat flip crazy toby uh, it seems like he's the he's the one that uh, really has gotten that thing going and announcing when people join um i will probably join too i haven't fully decided i don't play draft champions so i have to like uh, in order to get in i have to do one of those i have not done one right. of those in a while um, i usually don't go that deep with uh with rookies and and deeper rosters and i usually don't draft this early but uh, i think this contest might get me to do one this year. yeah and just keep in mind that pot for next year is we do it we throw two an extra 250 in yeah and that's what goes to the pot next year and your yeah so you're still playing in your regular contests across the board just right. there's an extra side pot and then extra side standings right. to go into it right. so uh so i guess elephant in the room jeff nfbc had a a rough uh, couple weeks the last uh, couple weeks there was the uh i'm sure most people have seen but the uh, there was uh, some nffc late moves that were made by someone that worked at the company caused some problems uh, the ship chaser guys that are a really good podcast kind of breaking it down um pete overzet and ben gretch mm -hmm. uh some good work there so where where do you follow the NFBC? Obviously, we talk about the NFBC a lot. It'd be weird if we didn't mention this. Um, obviously, it's a contest that's important to us. Uh, where do you fall with these guys right now? Are you are you fully fine playing here? Are you worried? Where do you kind of fall with the uh, what's happened with the NFBC the last uh, two or three weeks? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, I I uh, let's just state for the record that I'm biased. Um, we have a relationship with the NF NFBC and the NFFC, uh, a business relationship and a friendship with. Yeah. I've known Greg for 25 years. He's one of the very first people I've met in the industry. So I'm inclined to always look at him in the most positive light. They the NFBC has always been good to its customers. It's paid on time. It's been solvent. It's, been, it's responded to customers' concerns. Man, they're not perfect. And obviously, Greg could have handled this situation a little bit better, um, and particularly over-promising, you know, there wasn't going to be another, they, they concluded already that there weren't any other instances of it. And he really could, should not have promised that. Um, there's no way to possibly have known that within 24 hours, whether to forgive the employee in question, the, the timing on that could have been maybe better, but consider that's who Greg is. Yeah. You know, that's his ethos that he had a, it was not just a mere employer-employee relationship. He was a friend. And, it, you know, he's betrayed, but at the same time, he shows forgiveness. Now, should he have done that on a message, bo message board post? 
so quickly before all the details had come out and how customers are feeling wrong? Probably not. Um, but I understand the motivation where they came from, the place in his heart where it came from. Um, will I continue playing in the NFBC and the NFFC? Of course, I will. Uh, I'm. Uh, they have now a third-party uh, auditor um, that is going through every contest. Um, and they're going to have that going forward, too. And that's the thing that they might be better positioned than other companies in the future because of their reaction to this now. Uh, I understand if other people think that's not good enough or maybe and that's it. I, I've seen a lot of back and forth on Twitter, not as much in the last four or five days. It's, yeah. it's been quieter on that front lately. Um, maybe because those who have said their piece are no longer saying their piece, or maybe I just have missed it. I don't know. Uh, regardless, I respect that opinion too. Um, I think that it's important that we have the dialogue. I think there are some people that have chimed in without knowing everything, self-included perhaps at some point in time. Um, and I think it's important we find out what the facts are. I, and I'm grateful that those guys found out what happened yep. and that they reported it. I think that's because they're looking out for other players. And I think that and I, they went to Greg. It's not like they reported and didn't didn't reach out to Greg or anything. And if you watch the YouTube video that they produced, I thought they did a tremendous job with that. It's really, it's really, really good. Anybody that hasn't watched that and they want to see like all the details, they really broke it down really well. Right. There are I, I I've seen other people chime in that don't even play in the contest and they're saying, oh, he should be divested of his company and all that. No, come on. You know, that that I have a problem with. But uh at the same time, I understand the cause for anger too, but I trust that Greg will get it right. Greg and Tom will get it right. Um, it's up to you whether you trust that. And I'm not going to insist that you must trust that or trust me for that matter. I mean, but I, that's, I'm going to continue to keep playing. And I hope other people do too. I think we have a, a great community and I hope it continues. That is uh, that's very well said, and I agree with almost everything you said there. I'm a little less biased because I don't have the business partnership. I don't right. actually work work for Rotowire. Um, obviously, I know Greg. I've been playing the NFBC main event since 2007, and not only that, but he's saved the game like personally twice. There were a couple times they had the the uh, they had a company to come in that ran it really poorly and almost went under. He saved it once. They handled the kind of yep. they handled COVID, the COVID season really really well, and that was a year where a lot of games like really, really struggled. He did that well. So there's enough, uh, I have enough goodwill with Greg and Tom and the way they run things that uh, where, whether I, I may not agree with, like you said, all the way they handled it, especially the first 24 hours. Um, there's enough goodwill, at least from my side of it as a personal customer of them that I will keep playing too. I do understand that people, A, maybe don't want to play as much money or B, don't want to play at all. But uh, I am, uh, I'm definitely still playing. Um, I haven't decided exactly fully what I'm playing this year, mostly just about, you know, work life balance timing stuff but uh i uh you know we've been we've been paid i've been paid a lot of money from these people on time mm -hmm. many many times i've uh, i've had five figure checks from them on multiple occasions in baseball and never had a worry about it never had a it was always what a week after the season it's an insanely fast payout schedule they've they've had mistakes they've had stuff that that, that they, they handled really fast like last year there was a a deadline glitch where the, the site yep. went down, right? Deadline time. And they, you know, there was no real answer to that. And they were very transparent about it. We screwed up. This can't happen, but they came up with a solution. They handled it pretty well. And they, you know, made a decision and, and moved forward. So I just think that they, I love how active they are with trying to, they listen to customers, how active they are in trying to fix stuff. You know, they, the, like the fab uh, interface, they've listened to customers all over the years. A lot of companies just don't do that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of websites out there that I play on that would never listen. And everything is, uh, the way it always is and they never change anything it's just always it feels 15 years old where the nfbc stuff feels really good 
I love the players. I have a lot of friends that, that play. Like going to Vegas is not just playing fantasy baseball for me. It's seeing a bunch of people. So right. I'm going to keep playing, but I do understand. I think it's very serious. I think that uh, the integrity of the games is the only way we can play if we feel that's there. And, you know, I think that they're they're taking steps to make that happen, which is really, really important. And obviously they had the wrong steps in place before. If one person has that kind of power, you know, that shouldn't be able to do that. But I think that uh, my feeling is they'll learn from this. They'll, they'll, they'll make it better and there'll be a, a situation where um, they're probably looking out for it more than and they never did before. And I think that's a really good thing. Yeah, agreed. And uh, yeah, uh, I think that's, yeah, I just, and I just know that they were blindsided by this. They yeah. never expected some, this, this sort of level of betrayal. And the thing is, the employee in question was good at his job. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. And you made problem. you made the point. It's not just an employee. It's someone that Greg's been friends with for like twenty plus years. Like that's yeah. it's betrayal by a like family member, friend kind of thing, right. not a random employee that decided to go rogue. It was like I think the I think his missteps early in what he posted the message were probably based on the fact that he was really like genuinely hurt as a human. Exactly. Exactly yeah. right. So, yeah. Um, I I finally I, I want to go back to arguing over how we can handle uh, lineup glitches now, but uh, well, we're going to. I just I I, I, I thought it was like important that. to to talk about it at the at the front. It was it was obviously a really big thing in the uh, yeah. in the fantasy world. I mean, there, it was picked up by major 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 sports sources, major people in the fantasy world. Like it was a big thing, and it still is a big thing. I mean, they're going to have to right. you know figure out what comes out from that audit. Uh, my hope is that I think people have been digging into it. We haven't heard anything else, so maybe. It was, uh, you know, isolated to these uh, these you know, two or three months that was going on. So hopefully that's the case. But mm-hmm. anyway, I have a feeling baseball will be stronger than football. Uh, I think I think they will. I think they will feel the um, hurt of this more football season than they will in baseball. I think the baseball they I think they are far and away the best baseball site. I think there's a lot of football sites that a lot of people play on that are more popular. Um, but I think baseball, it, it, it blows everybody away. And I think the baseball customers are pretty loyal to and pretty serious in the baseball Fantasy baseball players are a different group and they're just, it's a hardcore thing. You can't do well without that. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So uh, why don't we jump into talking to baseball then? How about that? Yeah. That's like, yeah. Let's talk actual baseball. I Beautiful. Like uh, well, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of off season moves since you and I talked. So let's jump into those. But first a note from our sponsors at Fantrax. We're sponsoring the uh, podcast, this whole preseason. Uh, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fan experience, fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper, Redraft and best ball leagues coming from another service. Fantrax makes that easy too. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform, waivers, categories, scoring system, schedule. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all free. Uh, I can definitely uh, definitely vouch for that. I play in a dynasty basketball league that uses uh, like the NBA salary cap as the cat salary cap. You have to follow that, and it's a, a 30-team league, so insanely customizable. Uh, Steph Curry's 60 points the other night were quite nice in that league, by the way. Uh, yeah. Sign up for sign uh-huh. up for free today and be entered to win an official Major League Baseball signed jersey by, from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. So, Jeff, you mentioned the rain. We're both in L.A. Uh, there were a few uh, few moves in L.A. this, uh, this offseason so far. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, Shohei Otani coming to the Dodgers. Ten years, $700 million. We already talked about the uh, the uh, the six hundred eighty million that got kicked down the down the road, but uh, fantasy wise, ADP and NFBC drafts. Uh, I'm going to use the last month. Uh, you know, there's a lot of drafts going on. Last month gives us like uh, I think it's like 120 drafts. There's been a lot of drafts going on. ADP is about 13. Obviously, not yep. pitching this season. This is purely as a hitter. 
There is no, I mean, he's eligible pitcher, but obviously not going to pitch this year with the Tommy John surgery. Um, how do you treat him in fantasy? Because, you know, ADP 13, you need him to be a full-time everyday hitter for six months. Um, you just treat him as healthy. He sounds like he said it, Dodgers had their fan fest this week. Sounds like he's uh, about to start hitting good to go. Uh, how do you feel about him at the, the ADP of 13 right now? Um, I'm probably not there. Uh, his range is only six, like six to 20. So it's not even that big of a range. I back into the range, maybe sitting at 20, I might go over there. I don't know. I mean, I, we're, we got another set of rankings and I actually was around that with my last ranking, but the more I think about it, the more I'm probably not going to pay that price. Um, Brandon Gomes, who's their GM now, uh, you know, they, they, they still have, you know, they still have Friedman above, but all that, but they said that Otani's going to be somewhat limited to begin spring training. Obviously he had the elbow surgery in September. I think it was the internal brace version, the similar to Bryce Harper. So he could come back pretty early in the, in the sequence, uh, because his surgery actually came a little bit before Harper's did, uh, because Harper obviously went all the way through the world series. Then he had it afterward. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, is like the first two months he, he doesn't hit for as much power. Um, he's a DH only this year. And, you know, you're not, obviously he's not pitching. Uh, so you, UT, I don't like filling my UT spot in the first or second round. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to be spending that price on it. I haven't yet, but spring training will kind of tell that story. Like we see if we get to, uh, you know, the main event and he's been playing spring training games and raking and looks like he's going to play all the time. Well, then I'll change my tune, but these early drafts, I'm not going to pay that going rate. Yeah, it's tough. I think I probably fall in there more. Just there's so many guys in that range that I like, and I'm a little bit worried how he comes back from this. I think I agree with you. The first like six weeks might be a little bit slow, but yeah, a couple bombs in spring training might solve mm-hmm. that. But I mean, you look at his stuff last year, I mean, everything was elite. The stat cast page just jumps off the chart. There's a lot of bright red on that page. Yeah. 19% barrel rate is, is fairly insane. The walk rate's way up. He's just obviously becoming just an absolutely elite hitter. Hit 304, 44 home runs, 20 stolen bases. And, you know, it's an arm injury. So that's, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about the legs. I hate leg injuries for guys who've run. So the, I figure the steals are in play. Um, it all looks really good. The lineup, obviously, that top those top three guys are going to be absolutely insane as, as in a lineup. But uh, everything looks good. I just think it uh, the injury enough will probably push me to other guys. Yeah, I, I, and I, I had a, a tweet string about this a little bit earlier today, talking about the power issue only and about position players coming back from TJS. And obviously, when you have the procedure is important. You know, if, if you had, you know, if he, you know, Harper had his like November. You know, and him coming back when he did is still ridiculous, by the way. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, but he had five homers at the end of July. Uh, I was going to say, I was just looking at, and you look at, he had, you're right, he had three in May, none in June, and two in July. That's right. But then he had 10 in August. Right. You know, and you're like, okay. You know, so I think, by the way, Harper's going to be nuts this year. Um, yeah. that, that, I'll, I'll take Harper over Otani. How it's about that? It's weird to see him list being listed at first base, by the way. Yeah, it is. It is very much so. Um, but I, there's like about 10 or 12 players. Wikipedia actually had a pretty decent list of posi- uh, all players that had TGS. And I just kind of went through that, picked and choose uh, a few guys. But obviously not all TGSs are the same. Uh, the internal brace procedure was, wasn't there for Jose Canseco, for instance. You know, what? You know, I don't know if Travis Darno even had it. Uh, but Darno like bounced between three teams after he had his. And he had his surgery a lot in April uh, and then came back in 19 19- was with the Mets, with the Dodgers for a cup of coffee, and then goes to the Rays and then goes nuts for them eventually. And he became, and then he, then he goes to the Braves the next year and he's big too about that. But 
point is like there's a drop off initially from these players. Uh, DD Gregorius, Aaron Hicks, uh, Corey Seager a little bit too. And others like they didn't come back right away. Um, but if you had some, like Sal Perez had his in March of 2019 or March of 2018 or March of 2019 missed the entire season. And then remember the 2020 season started late. He only played 37 games, but he slugged over 600 that year, yeah. you know, but he had a whole year. He had a whole, you know, a lot more time to recover from it there. Yeah. It's just, if you're going to pick a guy in the first round, you can't have six slow weeks. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. can if he's the next whatever 20 are great but uh i just i, I think i'm just going to click other names to be honest yeah and you know if you look at the other names in that range too i mean you can look around and you can see like i mean it's just it's the first round i mean there's yeah. just that's that's the takeaway there like i mean it's Trey it's, Turner, it, it, yeah it's Trey turner garrett cole madelson jordan alvarez jose ramirez and bryce harper like those are yeah. those are monster names that you don't have anything they're coming off it Right. Uh, even Austin Riley, I probably would take over Shohei at this point. Although then again, you're getting zero stolen bases at that point. The yeah. next two, Riley and Seager, you're getting zero stolen bases. And Seager, well, I'm not going to take him that early now um, uh, because of his hernia procedure. But right. that's something we can talk about in a sec. But uh, so that that's about where I'm at. And then, although maybe I'm not, maybe I, I'd find other names to click. But around 20 is where I'm starting to think about it. And you won't get him there, so. Well, that that's the high end right now. Uh, yeah. If he's not playing spring training games and start the spring that's true. Things could training, change. Things, could, things could change in things could change in March. You're right, but I think yeah. uh, if he's playing, I think I don't think he's getting the twenty. I I agree. I agree with you on that one there. Also in uh, Dodger Land, they seem to have uh, spent uh, most of the money here. Uh, Yoshi Yamamoto signed with the Dodgers, twelve years, three hundred twenty-five million. His ADP is about uh, 48, so we're looking at the 3-4 turn. You and I know that in uh, in March, uh, at least in NFBC and main events, pitching does tend to push up a little bit, so maybe he gets a little higher. Always difficult to uh, you know figure out I mean, guys coming from uh, from other leagues, but obviously um, he was a monster in the in the Japanese Professional League last year, 170 winnings, a 1.16 ERA, a .86 whip. Um, an utter monster. Where do you think uh, he kind of levels out in uh, – you know, looking at something like Steamer, he's a three nine eight ERA guy and a one two zero WHIP. That will not work at the price, but two hundred strikeouts. Uh, where do you fall on Yamamoto? Because this uh, feels like one of the better arms we've seen in a long time coming over from from anywhere. Yeah, it does. Um, and like Japanese well, foreign players, period. Uh, pitchers kind of you know poured over be- poured over better than uh, than hitters in that respect where do i have him at 314 112 so i'm a lot more optimistic than steamer on the era but then again i think i'm more optimistic period than uh, on, on players coming over and maybe that's kind of a blind spot for me i actually like just young who lee uh, we were going to talk about a little bit later i i feel like i was a little too optimistic on my projection for him and i just updated him tonight I'm just looking across the board at some of the other ERA projections. Yeah, they're not too generous. Like ATC's at 373, Zips yep. is at 352. I'm, I'm definitely don't, uh, don't look don't look at the bat if you like Yamamoto because it's ugly. I I've got it all on Fangraphs there. That's one thing Oof. about Fangraphs is good at 445 um, one, and 100 only 137 innings too, and only 7.9 Ks per nine too. Uh, he, he Derek's definitely. Uh, circumspect on Yamamoto. I, I wonder why right. I, yeah. I'd have to ask him about that one there. And that's the thing is like, 
Yeah. How much do you weigh in the fact the Dodgers are clearly going six man rotation to start the year, if not for most of the year? It seems like they are pretty committed to it right now. Yeah, well, and, and committed to it without Walker Bueller being part of it. Uh, I know too. That's the funny thing. Um, I think that it, it, it's one of those where I think um, Yamamoto. I mean, the, the amount of they they want him to be ready for October, right? Sure. And they, they, the chance of them making the league. making the playoffs is like ninety nine and a half percent. So yeah, they care about every, all these guys in October. Yeah. Um, I. I don't know why Uncle Ted thinks that Yamamoto has a glass arm. Uh, I don't think that's fair, but uh, I, I think I might lower the innings a little bit. That's possible. I mean, yeah, I don't know where glass arm comes in. Two thousand twenty-one, one hundred ninety-three and two thirds. Two thousand twenty-two, one hundred ninety-three. Two thousand twenty-three, one hundred seventy-one. Like he's thrown a lot of innings. Yeah, uh, and he, you know, he, he dominant innings at that too. So he, you know, last month he's at forty-five in the NFBC. Um, you like him? Or I'm trying to find the next uh, or Tyler. Oh God, another Dodger. Well, we're, I know we're going to talk about that. So yep. Zach Gallen or those two Dodgers or Tarek Skubal and Aaron Nola are right behind. It's a pretty interesting little range, isn't it? Isn't and they're you know disparate types. If you're if you crave durability, go for Aaron Nola. Um, yes. If, that, if that's if you want if you want guaranteed innings, go get yourself some Aaron Nola. But hey, he had an ERA over four last year. Do you want that? I mean, that's up to you. Yeah, that's an interesting little range because Gla- Glasnow is obviously awesome, but uh, you know how many innings are you going to get? And obviously, Dodgers can can slow play him a little bit too. Same with Yamamoto. I'd probably go from what I've seen so far. I'd probably go Yamamoto in that range, but I admit that uh, I am nowhere near ready to make that final decision. But that would be my answer at the moment. Yeah. Oh, uh, I see. Tyler Glassarm. Yeah, that's what. Okay, it wasn't Yamamoto you was talking about. Okay, uh, I got gotcha. you. Looking at the chat. Sorry for those that aren't streaming live with us. Sometimes we refer to the comments in the chat. Um. But uh, Tyler Glassarm, that actually is a good one. I'm, I'm gonna give you credit for that one. There. That's a good line. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I might. You know, the thing is, am I looking for a pitcher there? Am I looking? What am I looking for in that range? When am I taking closers? This is, you know, are we talking 12 teams in the RotoWire Online Championship? Are we talking about 15 teams in the in the main event? Are we talking non-NFBC entirely? I mean, all these things matter. We use the NFBC as our starting point because it's the best set of ADP we can get out there. Right. But there's lots of different ways to play this game. For uh, for sure, uh, it's an interesting little range. Uh, I'm gonna have to look at that a little more, but uh, it's weird because you look at hitters in there too. You got C.J. Abrams in there, and like, good luck figuring out what that's gonna look like. It's uh, and there's a, that whole run of pitchers, and there's not a lot of bats in that range. You got C.J. Abrams on the high end, and then Royce Lewis kind of on the back end. Those are guys that I think we all think are really talented, but we don't know exactly what they're gonna do. It's a uh, that three four turn is uh, that's pretty tough. Yep, it is. It is. Um... And you know what? That I envy the people that don't do football sometimes, even though I love doing football. Uh, at the same time, they they know where they're drafting their targets right now more than I do. Uh, yes, they do. I uh, I don't need to know my targets for a while, but I'm starting to get there, and uh, it's it's always fun to talk all this through. But a pitcher who is a little bit higher up, uh, just above just above that range we we're talking about, uh, got traded this week, which was. Uh, you know, I think we kind of all thought Corbin Burns might get moved, but when you see a name like that get moved, it's still pretty jarring when you see it come across mm-hmm. Twitter. Traded to Baltimore, too. A, a good team, obviously a really good young team, a really good place to pitch, too. Camden Yards has been different since they moved the wall back and up. Um, a lot of balls go to die in left field. Uh, Burns is a really interesting one this year. His ADP is about 26 right now. As you're talking end of the second round, late second round. 
he was really good last year. 3.9, 3.39 ERA, 1.07 whip, 200 strikeouts. But as you get look closer, you know, K rate was 35% in 2021, 30% in 2022, 25% in 2023. Uh, the walk rate's up a little bit. But you just look at some of the stat cast stuff, and they were elite in 2021. They are no longer elite uh, last year. There was uh, K rate was 65th percentile. Walk rate was about 50, 50th percentile. Swing strike rate fell to 12%. Uh, the Babbitt was really good last year. It helped him at 244. His FIP was 381. You can talk yourself into some stuff with Corbin Burns, but obviously he's still really good, and he was really good last year. Where do you fall on him at the moment? Because it's a uh, it's a big investment at, at pick 26. What I'd like to do is actually look at some of those StatCast numbers by like first half, second half a little bit. Because if I recall correctly, those first two months were pretty rocky for him, maybe the first five or six weeks, and then he was dominant after that. Um, that, that's my recall of it. Um, I think, you know, obviously he goes to a better team, a team that's trying right now. Yeah. Uh, whereas I don't think we can guarantee that with uh, Milwaukee. Um, by the way, in the last four days, he went from an ADP of 25 to an ADP of 20. His yeah. range went from 16 yeah. to 44 beforehand after the trade at 17 to 26. So, and uh, uh, I did look uh, your recollections, right? He went from 23% strikeout rate to 28 and a half in the second half. So it did, uh, it did climb nicely. His K came out as walk went from 14% to 20, uh, about 21%. So he was much better in the second half. You're right. Yeah. And the, the reason why I think that's relevant is he was very unhappy. If you recall, after losing his arbitration case last year, that was a big running story. That. Yeah. Um, and then he backed it up by not being great early on. You know, I think he snapped out of it now. That's all narrative street. I don't know what changed. It could have been a mechanical tweak. It could have been, it got warmer, you know, it could have been a lot of different things, but uh, I, I, there's reason. I think it's bodes well for optimism. I gave him a couple more wins in my projection uh, in part because the team context is going to be a lot better. Although it's all not, it's not all doom and gloom from Milwaukee. This is not like our reds. Don't, don't, say, don't, don't, don't do it this early, Jeff. Yeah. Turn it, tearing it down after the uh, owner's lockout. Or anything like that. This is more just, but at the same time, they didn't. Joe I don't, Sheehan said I don't think you. I don't think you get to put our Reds and RAs in the same bucket. They are far and away in different buckets. They they were they they are, uh, but at the time it felt similar. Yeah, I will I say that. Uh, Joe Sheehan in his newsletter wrote about it, and one thing he that stuck with me is he said that you know the Brewers aren't going to be terrible. They went from probably an eighty-five win team to a seventy-eight win team, unless another shoe drops, right? Uh, but at the same time, they didn't have to trade Burns now. They they could have gone to the playoffs probably still. Probably could have won a week in El Central. Um, at least they would have been in, in the hunt at the very least. But they, you know, and they might have even been able to trade him at the trade deadline, getting a, got a similar package for as a rental pitcher. Um, they didn't. They chose to do it now. They must have had a pretty good feel that he wasn't re-signing. Well, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. but it doesn't it feel still like a light return, even no, acknowledging that possibility? Uh, you know, Ortiz is a fine defensive shortstop, but they have a shortstop in Willie Adamas. Um, if you're playing Ortiz at third base, I feel like you're getting maybe an on-base guy, but pretty light on power. Maybe he grows into that power. Probably doesn't do that this year. I know they've got all these fun, exciting young outfielders, but they no longer have Woodruff. I don't know. It's just... It's a tough spot to be in for Milwaukee, I guess, but they no longer have a manager, their same manager. Um, a lot of things like that. I admit that uh, I don't, I'm not the biggest prospect guy, but it felt like to me too, every time DL Hall, just every time he's a starter, he walks the house. So I don't know. I think they're going to 
try and use him as a starter, but like yeah. every time he starts, he has a ton of walk issues. Uh, some of this chat was saying don't draft pitchers. It was Uncle Ted until the late rounds that mentioned Kyle Bradish and Zach Eflin. Those guys are going in the sixth and seventh round this year. So those are definitely not uh, definitely not late rounders. So uh, right. we're going to have to take a, a pitcher in the first 10 rounds if, if you want those guys. But um, I'd say that was the second uh, – that was probably the second biggest trade uh, was that one. Probably the biggest one was uh, was in the AL East also as one Soto to the Yankees. I mean, this is someone that – Weirdly, has now been on, I guess that's three teams in uh, three years uh, between the Nationals, the Padres, and the Yankees. Um, Juan Soto is a free agent. You know, probably San Diego also wanted to get something for him now. Uh, Soto last year was 35 home runs, 109 RBI, hit 275, stole 12 bases too to toss that in there, which uh, you don't always expect. Um, everything stat cast wise is always elite with this guy. Bright red. He's going to a a park uh, that is a, a 123 park factor for home runs for left-handed hitters, Yankee Stadium. Really good setup there. Um, how do you feel about Soto going to New York? Because it, uh, it sure seems like uh, he's going to be really, really good there. Yeah. Uh, so park factor for left-handed for le- left power park factor in New York is a 116, at least for last year, according to uh, the StatCast numbers. San Diego is 93. So yeah. massive difference. And San Diego depresses average doubles triples homers you name it yankee stadium only imp- increases homers for lefties it doesn't increase batting average it's yeah. a little little known fact there uh so maybe it's not as as massive of a sea change as it is and i don't know if the yankees lineup is actually better um it requires stanton to be healthy all year and productive it requires Rizzo or you know, some of the other disappointing names from last year you know dj lemayhew to be more productive something like that uh but at the same time, it's still an increase. Uh, I noted before the trade, uh, his ADP was 14 with a range of 8 to 20. After the trade, it's 11 with a range yeah. of 6 to 18. So, And that strikes me as about right. Um, I, I'd probably be even on the high end of that range. Again, though, this is this is all depends on like how do you want to handle speed because you're going to get like max 9 to 10 stolen bases out of yeah. Soto. Probably less with the Yankees. Yeah, that is, that is definitely the issue there. It's funny you mentioned the the Padres lineup. Have you looked at their lineup at all lately? It's wild how what they look like from when they did a couple years ago and they were competing and going for it. The back half of their lineup is just absolute dead. It's rough. It it's is rough. I know that we've already still got guys to sign, and but you look at the roster resource, like their lineup, you got Campusano, Matthew Batten, Cal Mitchell, and Jose Azucar as the bottom four hitters. Like that is right. Well, <laughs> and brutal. Campusano, I like. But the other three, yeah, I mean, and and I like Camposano as a second catcher who can hit eight, not a guy who hitting six, probably. Yeah, maybe in that lineup he hits six. Though. He's going to it's, it's, and then you look at the bench, you're like, maybe they got some guys there. You're like, nope, no, I don't see anybody there. I want to play either Oscar Mercado, uh, Bryce Johnson. I it's, and they've had to replace like ten, like nine pitchers this year too. Uh, it, it is really rough. Uh, and in the five it's hitters, worth is coming off how of fast things season. happen. Yeah, yeah. worth just crazy how fast. I mean, the Nationals, you look at the same kind of thing. And the Potters, like, it happens fast. You uh, you go for it. You try. I mean, at least the Nationals did get one in 2019. But, man, the Potters went for it, didn't get there. And, oh, it's it's looking ugly right now. They're looking to, they're looking to chop salary. It's it's going to be tough in San Diego. Yeah, this is another one where I guess they felt like they had to trade Soto. But once you did that, oof, oof that, that's that's tough. Um, tough. And their their owner, their principal owner, passed away this off season too. So they, they their TV deal got restructured, and actually some good news on that front with Amazon swooping in. They're one of the teams that get that benefits from that. So at least 
yeah. that, that kind of cuts off the hurting a little bit, but uh, yeah. Um, Soto, yeah, your point on Soto is the one that makes that. It's the it's the stolen bases. If you can deal with the ten stolen bases, I think he's going to be an absolute monster there. I think it's going to be. Uh, I mean, look, his hard hit rate was fifty five percent last year. I just see him hitting so many laser line drives in the first six rows of Yankee Stadium. He'll hit some mammoth ones there too, but he's going to hit so many line drives in those seats. It's going to be. I, he's, I think he's going to be a monster there. Agreed. And uh, you know, batting in front of Judge. Oh, oh, sweet baby, uh, that's yeah. lovely. That's nothing my, like a nothing like a 4'10 OPP guy sitting hit in front of judge. Like, oh gosh. Yeah. He might be like 470 this year, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing is that you he, joke, but he was 465 in 2021. Like, I that's not impossible. That. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Oof. Yeah. Uh I, I I'm big, I am big on Soto this year, and that, that is definitely a guy I'm gonna want. I like I said, I, towards the high end of his range, I'll take him at seven or eight, I feel like. Oh, that's that it's a big step right there. In the first round, two or three spots is a big deal. Yeah, every spot is a big deal there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, I, I haven't actually. I got to look at that. Yeah, you know, I got to. Yeah, I actually probably depends on what you do with pitching. Like, do you go Judge or Soto? I think I go Soto over Judge. Eh, I don't know. Maybe not. I take that back. Maybe I'm more closer to like ten or eleven now. How <laughs> I think about it, there. Do you take uh, him? Over, you take him over Trey Turner? Yes, I think I would. Because the, uh, the Turner year was weird. I mean, you look at all the increased stolen bases, and you say he only stole 30, but it's just because everybody stole bases last year. You know how many times he got caught stealing last year? Like two. Zero. Zero. Okay. I, is, I, that cra- is that crazy? Yeah. I feel like that stat, like, nobody mentioned that. Like, that was a big deal in the past. When you were like, 30 steals without getting caught. I don't think I heard that once last year. Um, he just had the, such a rough start. But he was really good the last couple of months, and – like 30, he just seems like a guy that could, uh, maybe he's, you know, 30 now. Maybe he's not going to steal much more than that, but I don't know. He was still, he was, he was bad last year and he was still 26 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Yeah. Well, he was so good over the last six weeks. He was. Yeah. Um, after, you know, I, I don't know if it's because of the let's cheer for Trey Turner campaign, but it, it was, it, uh, it was pretty well, it was pretty well, pretty well timed though. Yes. Um, well, I, and uh, where you do with Soto uh, kind of depends on what you're doing with pitching in the first round. Do you take Cole in the first round? Do you take Strider? Do you take Burns? You know, that that's that's how Soto can, you know, slip or climb, depending on how, how your point of view is. I currently have Soto at 10. I, I'm, you know, behind Tucker and Judge, ahead of Jordan and Garrett Cole. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, it's interesting is the first eight guys in at least NFBC ADP right now are all hitters. I think that we haven't seen that much in a really? while. There's always been I thought one. Strider was up in that first. Nope. I, I, I just did the, I'm just I just, looking at mine. Never mind. <laughs> I did the last I just did the last month. So it, you can look no, here and right. Tatis is a little bit ahead of him at uh, eight point two four and Strider's eight point seven. And that can move back and forth. But you've got seven or eight hitters that go before the first pitcher, which we haven't seen in a main event in a long time. I think that Strider mm-hmm. will go three, four, five in a lot of main events, to be honest with you. Um, maybe four, five, six. I think the first three are pretty much locked in. So that um, DC that I'm in right now, I had the seventh pick and I took Strider. I mean, I, I don't think I would pass him at seven in any NFBC draft. I only won two leagues last year. I had Strider in both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, and I also had Acuna in one of those Acuna Strider as a combo. To you know that is you. You've been doing fantasy baseball a long time. Uh, is this the biggest edge for getting the number one pick that we've seen in baseball? At least since peak Pedro. Um, no, that's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come up with that one, but that's a really good one. He was so much better than every other pitcher. Yeah. Uh, Cause the funny thing is bonds wasn't always the number one, even at his peak, 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 which is kind of funny to me. Uh, I'm trying to think there, there had to have been like, peak Larry Walker, but that was such a loaded year, but it wasn't, it wasn't repeatable either. So no, I, I think this is the biggest edge. It's certainly the biggest edge by edge for a hitter over the it's, rest of the hitters. It's essentially Ladanian Tomlinson, right? Is that where that's kind of a comparat? Yeah. The, the, it's essentially why you set third round reversal on football. Right. Like I'm that, not in that, favor of that, by the way. That changed rules baseball. of football. Yeah. I wouldn't do it in baseball either, but it's a, yeah. I mean, you look at projections, everything you see like auction values and then, it's Acuna and then like a huge gap to number two, which we haven't seen in a long, long time. There's always been, I can't remember a year where you and I didn't have a conversation about who number one was and we could kind of argue it. And they're just, I think there's just every, right. take, every, I think he'll go first in every, every draft. There was a couple of peak trout years where he's obviously number one. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't $13 more. Uh, right. He was like, I could, I could make a case for someone else. I can't even like start to make the case for somebody right. else right now. And that's like $13 more than the next best hitter, next best player period. And that's with kind of tempering my projection a little bit. Right. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's, uh, it's it, getting that one is going to be, uh, going to be different than it is, uh, in most years. You're going to really want that spot. I think everybody's going to, KDS will move after that, but everybody's going to have that, uh, that number one pick at the top. Uh, other signings, uh, Josh Hader went to the Houston Astros. Um, I'd say much to my chagrin, but I don't have a team I root for in the AL West anymore anyway. So I'm okay with it. But, uh, <laughs> five years, 95 million. Uh, ADP is 56 right now. So he's like kind of end of the fourth round. I will admit, I haven't dug deep in the closer pool yet, but he's obviously an elite one. 
1.2 ADRA, 1.1. We have 35 saves last year in 56 innings. Um, you know, the, everything, the, the K rate's still really good. The walks jumped up last year, concerning there. Yep. And he he avoided home runs really, really well, which, uh, you know, he hits, gives up a lot of fly balls. So that's always going to be a, always going to be a tough one. To, the, fly, the home runs are really good for him last year. 89% left on base rate too was obviously really big. Um, are you, uh, is your hater your number one closer? Where do you come in at him as the ADP of 56 or so right now? So he, think he is my number one closer but i'm not drafting a closer i'm not drafting the first closer because he does he's not the number one in my adp devin williams no, he's actually, third yeah, yeah williams and then edwin diaz diaz sight unseen is interesting to me um I, that's a lot of a lot of faith right there right yeah it is uh my personal closer run starts after everybody else so i'm not going to get him i do have hater as my number one closer but okay. i have him at 66 so in other words i'm not going to get him because i just and the, we'll, we'll have to have this discussion a little bit later. We but, will we will definitely do a closer pot at some point in the preseason for sure. But I, I've i con- found consistently that I don't need to be the one that takes the first closer. And I, I'm going to try to limit my, I don't want to, maybe in a DC, it's a little bit different. And I, and of course I'm doing a DC first, but uh, I find that like in my, previous main events, my better results came when I didn't expend too many early assets on, closers uh i want I, that i was deep in starting pitchers and maybe i had one closer uh and then try you know kind of got went on the cheap for the second one uh and i think i'm going to try to do something similar to that i want to make sure i have like six reliable starters that i can start any given week yeah and i don't think you can do that by getting two early closers i i agree there i found myself thin at the back end of starting the last couple of years i'm gonna try and try and do a mess with what you can't if 15 team, you're going to be thin somewhere, but I would like to at least, you know, have guys I can feel pretty comfortable throwing out there most weeks, at least until right. they start to get hurt. And that, that will happen at some point, but starting pitcher depth I've, I've learned is super important. And I also think there are more closers that I like this year. Okay. Um, that, that I feel are pretty comfortable in having the job. Uh, like I know, I, I know we just lost Ryan Presley. So, and, and this is the thing is we're going to lose a couple and then the panic will set in and, and yep. by the time we get to, <laughs> to the main event. But, uh, you know, last year we had the fluke Edwin Diaz thing. Then we had some other ones that we weren't sure if they're going to come back on time and all that. Uh, but, like, I'm going to be shopping in the Alexis Diaz, um, Paul Seawald tier for my first closer, probably. Okay. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely do uh, We'll definitely do a closer. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a, it's a really important spot. But, you you know, where you where you grab one's important, which ones you like, which buckets you like are obviously important. It's a... Uh, it's one. It's it's a tough position that kind of lives on its own. It is. It is. Um. And yeah. But yeah. I I find we try to chase the specialty stats, stolen bases, and saves more than you know. And there's a reason. Like my dollar values usually are light on stolen base guys and closers. It's because they don't contribute elsewhere a lot of the times. So like Estuary Ruiz. Yeah. He he's the new Billy Hamilton basically. And yeah, if, if things go perfectly, yeah, he could steal eighty, or he could be sent to the minors. You know. <laughs> Um, and you know, I know we're going far afield here because we were talking about Josh Hader, but point is I'm, I think when I falter, I, you know, I don't get like, I don't address stolen bases with like guys that can do other things well enough. And so I end up chasing these cheesy stolen base artists later. Yeah. That's, that's my problem too. Stolen bases cost me a league last year. It's uh, one of those things I'm definitely gonna have to figure out. It's, uh, Mm -hmm. getting guys early that at least do some of that is, is really important. I got to figure that out. Um, 
You mentioned starting pitchers. Uh, Sonny Gray to St. Louis. Uh, three years, 75 million. ADP right now is about a buck 25. Uh, really good last year. 2.7 NRA, 1.15 whip, 184 innings. Uh, I think you and I both benefited from Sonny Gray last year. I had him in two of my three main events. He was really big. Uh, the, the, the strikeouts are stable. The swing striker is up 2%. So I like to see that, you know, supports the strikeouts well. He had a huge home run drop. He only gave up 0.39 home runs per nine last year. He was really good in home runs. Now, some of that is he's a really good ground ball guy, um, 47.5% ground ball. That helps a lot. But he was lucky in home runs last year, too. Uh, he's one of those guys you you flip on a stat catch page. It's kind of middling. It's just not what he's known for as the, the dominant stat cast stuff. But, um, you know, the home run for fly ball last year was 5.2%. And that's scary because his career is 11.5%, even with the ground ball rate. Um you, we know he's in for a regression this year in home runs, but obviously, you know, the answer is regress to what? Uh, where do you fall on Sonny Gray at ADP 125 right now? I kind of like it. Um, I He landed in a good spot, you know, yeah, for, you know, it's not going to be a place that really punishes fly balls that badly uh, in St. Louis. I think, he, you know, he got a remarkably little bullpen and run support for his starts last year. However, Sonny Gray is one of those pitchers that doesn't go super deep into games either. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why he was light on wins, not just that, not just bad luck, but also not going like pitching seven that ever, you know, almost ever. Um, he only went, he only went seven, five, six times all year. Yeah. Uh, so I think that, although maybe that's normal now, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that's a good point too. Yeah. I mean, he did throw. He did throw 184 innings, which uh, I think if you you'll take that right now. I mean, he had 119 the year before and 135 the year before that. So it's always a there's always an injury thing with, with Gray. He's had uh, he's had that two of the last three years, but really solid. I'm uh, you know you, as long as you're not paying for two eight, I don't think you are at the price. I think you're gonna get uh, I think you get really solid, which is you know, that's what you want to pick 125. Is your for your sure. third your third starter in there, and I think that uh, he works really nicely. I'm not. Maybe not as big a target for me as usual, but someone that I'd be I'd be fine taking in the range. Agreed, yeah. agreed. Um, I, I think uh, that if especially when I get him at that price, I won't reach earlier for him. You mentioned uh, Tyler Glass now earlier when we were talking about the Dodgers. They uh, they traded for him in the offseason from the Rays. Obviously, talent is he's huge. Three point five ERA, one point oh eight uh, WHIP, and one hundred twenty innings last year. Strikeout rate was thirty three and a half percent. Bonkers number as a starter. The walk rate's actually pretty good too. It was under eight percent. Swing strike rate is elite, 16.5%. It's just about the innings. He's never topped 120 innings, I believe. I think 120 last year was his highest. Um, so you never topped uh, never topped that. So that's obviously the big factor here. And his price is really high. He's, uh, his ADP is way up there. You mentioned kind of that Yamamoto range, the 3-4 turn. Um, what do you do with him? The thing I really like is not only the strikeouts, he bumped his ground ball rate over 50% last year. It's hard to give up a lot of uh, a lot of huge innings where you get a ton of ground balls and a ton of strikeouts. Yeah, and he he lands in obviously a, a perfect ballpark. He lands yeah. with a great organization. Not not that the Rays aren't a great organization; they got the most out of him, obviously too. Yeah. But now he's going to get more run support, probably too, to to boot. I actually think I'm I'm a little too high on his innings. I'm tied. I was just saying. I was about to ask you what your projection is inning is. This. I've got him at 154. So does Steamer. Yeah. Um. Let's see. ATC's got him 141. The Bats got him at 127, and Zips has him at 118. Everybody but Zips has him as a career high. Yep. Think about it. I, and when you said that, and he's like, he's never had more than 120. I'm like, oh, God, I'm too high. Um, so that might be when we when we wrap up today, you might see a different projection for Tyler Glass. Now, especially in light of the other comment talking about the Dodgers maybe using six starters this year. 
Yeah, and I remember the year he threw 111. And we we're like, all right, finally he's getting over the top a little bit. But that was the year he had a lot of uh, relief innings too. He's, he was mm-hmm. he, was, he only started 11 games that year, and they threw only threw 60 the year after. That scares me a little bit. I uh, I think the I think the, obviously the upside in him is as high as anybody really. Like maybe he could be the number two starting pitcher if he stayed healthy all year. Yeah. But I uh, I'd like to pay a six round price, not a three four turn price. I don't think I'm going to end up with, with getting him. Yeah, I haven't yet. Um, and again, that's like when, when if you get Strider or Cole in the first round, you're obviously not going to get Glass now. Right. Um, if he's, uh, he's either going to be your first pitcher, which is scary, or he's going to be your second. You really went heavy pitching early. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So you got to think about the consequence. And if you're going to go and that could work, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you really better know what your later targets are, because after you get that second early pitcher, you need to be loading up on hitters for a long time after that to make up. And he's one of those guys you don't need 200 innings out of, but if you're going to pick it, pick him that early, you want like 145, something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, a couple of hitters kind of in the, uh, the mid rounds here. Uh, Reese Hoskins signed with the uh, Brewers, obviously missed 2023 with the injury. Uh, two years, 34 million ADP on him is about 200. Moves to a good park for home runs in Milwaukee. Uh, I think he's kind of just who he is. I mean, he's uh, two, he hit 246, 30 home runs, 80 RBI in 2022. You know, K rate's kind of stable. The hard hit and bail rate fell a little bit in 2022, uh, his last season. Stat cast page is really good. I think he's a, you know, the power's real. He's going to hit 245 kind of guy, which, you know, all comes down to what you need at the time. Yeah. Um, I think the team context is worse. Uh, I don't think it's a good, nearly as good a lineup around him as, as he Agreed. had in Philly. Uh, before the injury, his, he can't, he was already starting to decline. You know, 2020 is 887 OPS, 2021, 864, 2022, 794. I've got him projected for 764. I'm a little circumspect here. Um, I only have him for 133 games, too. I don't see how you can give him more than that after coming back from a major injury like this. Yeah, I guess it has been a full year, which which does help. That helps. He's also 31 in March, too, though. He stopped. I mean, his his thing when he first came his career was how many how how many walks he got and his OBP was really high. He was a really great real world player. Mm-hmm. Has fallen off the last couple of years. He's only a ten percent walk rate guy. The last couple of years, OBP used to be in the 350, 360, 380 range, and then it was down to three thirties. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of okay on him. I you know if yeah. you need some home runs in that range, I think he'll got a pretty good chance to hit you know 28, 32 home runs somewhere in there. Um, it doesn't really excite me in this in the new situation. Plus, I gotta you know mark him down a spot because I can never get his first name right for the longest time. I always used to call him Rice. Um, you know, <laughs> I, people used to rag on me for that. Good times. That's deep, amazing. Deep emotional scars. There's but, someone I, f- I forget who it was. Oh, it's it's Paul DeJong. And I can't. It's Paul DeYoung or Paul DeJong. I can't. I still can't do it. That's fine. I mean, which one is it? Paul Paul DeYoung, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, but okay, so, so weird. We got a we got a challenge though in ADP though. Nathaniel uh, Lowe and uh, Reese Hoskins are right next to each other, one ninety nine and two hundred respectively over the last month. Who do you got? That's a really good question. That is a that is a good challenge piece right there. Um, probably going Hoskins in that park. I uh, like him a little more. I think the uh, I think the twenty twenty two Nate Lowe batting average season is not something we're going to see again. So I think that is a uh, he probably hits two sixty ish with. 22 home runs and Hoskins lower average of maybe 30 home runs. I'd probably take the extra home runs. Give me an eight low. All right. Give me, um, he's going to, he's a, he's a definitely a lot to play more likely more play more games. I think that uh, you're going to get 155 out of him pretty solidly and in a really good lineup. Yeah. Better team and better lineup. 
I think maybe Milwaukee's slightly a better park, although we're still learning about Texas. I don't feel like we fully know the extent of Texas, you know, roof up, roof open, roof closed, et cetera, all that. Both of them, all that. But I'm, I give me an eight low and it's, uh, it's pretty comfortably by a few rounds. Yeah, I go uh, I go Hoskins, not as comfortably, but I, w- I would take Reese. Okay. It's good. We can't always agree on everything, right? I know. Uh, a couple of the guys before we jump out of here, we've, uh, we've, there's a lot of guys to talk about. Uh, Jung-Hoo Lee to the Giants. Uh, six years, $113 million, uh, The Giants in their quest to um, finally sign a free agent, uh, get someone to actually come play for them. ADP is 251. He's 25 years old. Uh, played in the KBO last year. Hit 318. Um, only six home runs and five stolen bases. He played, it was kind of a short year. I think he had an injury there. 2022 in the KBO played a full season, 23 home runs, five stolen bases. He is well known for his complete lack of strikeouts. He was a 5.9% strikeout guy in 2023, 5.1 in 2022. Um, ADP is 251. You're not really spending a big pick on him, but, uh, I'm not sure what we're going to get speed power wise from Molina's first year in the majors. Exactly. Um, he strikes me as a, okay, he's a good on-base guy. He'll play center field for you, so good in real life. And not so helpful for our purposes there. 11 homers, 8 stolen bases my projection. Who was the Reds guy that uh, that came over that was kind of that on-base leadoff guy a couple years ago? Do you remember who I'm talking about? I do, and I am... I think we really liked him preseason. It obviously didn't work. Yeah, uh, and I, I would, I will get it in a second here, but uh, I do, I've, I've already blanked out on that. That's so sad. Um, but yeah, it was one of those guys that I thought was going to be a lot better than it was Akiyama. Shogo that's Akiyama. It. That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, I kind of have the have same vibe. vibe. Huh? Yeah, I do, which is not a good vibe, but. You know, tough only part. Two years with the Reds. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember we really liked him that first year. Like this guy's going to hit leadoff and get on base all the time in that park and. Um, I kind of get the same vibe. You know, he had a, maybe Lee had a little more pop with that 23 home runs in 2022, but I wish he ran more, like only five stone base. I just don't know what he's going to give you. And you're really, really hoping the average is good. We're still waiting for Akiyama's first big league homer. He's like on Tim Anderson watch. Did, did he not hit a homer? <laughs> he had he had zero homers for his career. We couldn't, we couldn't uh, get the, the first podcast without you bringing up Tim Anderson. Yeah, sorry. Well, hey, we're just trying to like, like, like he wasn't in everybody else's roster, not just yours. Come on, he hit one home run. I know it's still impossible. It's still crazy. out there, right? Yeah, uh, I think he is still out there. Yeah, good luck. There's yeah. a lot you mentioned before. There's a lot of guys who haven't signed. Like, I can't believe that, like Jordan Montgomery. I can't believe Blake Snell hasn't signed. I'm surprised Montgomery more than Snell, to be honest with you. Um, cause Why is that? You just, I, just, I just figured Snell would be the, the first guy to sign after Yamamoto. I feel like Snell's asking for like a massive contract. Okay. Um, and where, other than Montgomery, might be, it might be the ask is too much there too. Aren't they both Boris clients? I know Snell is. Yeah. And I th- if that's the case, I think that might be why too, that they're still out there. But um, yeah, I'm stunned and I'm surprised Bellinger is still out there too. Hey, he's a uh, Bellinger's a Boris guy too, right? Yeah. So I guess that, that maybe I shouldn't be surprised if they're all three Boris guys. I saw a quote from two weeks ago that said Snell's seeking nine two seventy. Hmm. That seems heavy. The nine really seems heavy. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, but where yeah. what are we what are we like seven days away from pitchers and catchers, right? That's not we're not that far, right? Some something in that neighborhood there. Uh, you know, at the same time, like we, we say it's heavy. I mean, why do we care about saving the owner's money? Um, I mean, I guess it, I, I certainly don't. I just know what yeah. they are willing to do. I just, I wouldn't go nine years for Blake Snell. If it were me. No, I, I agree. 
I agree. I would I'm kind not. of okay with the I'm kind of okay with the dollars per year. I just I think nine years for Blake Snell would be or any awesome. pitcher. Nine I mean, years for a pitcher, especially when that's had some durability concerns, you know, or, or at least ability to go deep into game concerns. And and for that matter, performance is, for Snell. It is 31, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I know we talk about Yamamoto and 12 years is crazy, but at least he's 25. And but 31 is you're paying that money for a 38, 39, 40 year old pitcher last last third of that contract. There's just there's no way I'm doing nine years. Right. By the way, there's no way he'll get nine years either. I agree. Yeah. Uh, good segue into pitchers. We got Eduardo Rodriguez, four years, eighty million signing with the Diamondbacks. ADP is about one ninety. Uh, he was good last year. Three three O ERA, one point one five WHIP in one hundred fifty innings. Um, you know, swinging strike rate back up a little bit, closer to the twenty twenty one range. The strikeout was about twenty three percent. Hard hit was a little high. His stat catch is kind of middling. He just feels like a guy that will be uh, solid to me. I don't think he's going to have a 3.3 ERA, but give me a like a 3.75 somewhere in there maybe. Yeah, and Arizona is a good landing spot. I want yeah, That's exactly the type of signing I wanted our Reds to do. Um, I think that he would have been a good fit there. Probably not for his ratios, but he would have been a good fit. Ba- real baseball. For the Reds. For the Reds. Yeah. yeah. You know, no pitcher is a good fit for that ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, we need it. Yeah, so you, are you in on uh, in on the price on Rodriguez? Uh, ADP is sure. about uh, about one ninety one. Sure, why not? That uh, that twenty twenty one season, you look at it, you look at his line closely, and it just looks like a real BABIP outlier. His ERA was four seven that year, but his BABIP was three sixty three. Mm-hmm. Every other year is kind of either low three hundreds or high two hundreds. Like it just is a it was kind of a freaky year where everything went wrong for him. And every other year, the, the four years around that have all been you know four point oh five or below. I think. I think he lands somewhere in the three eight range, and that's uh, for that price. I think that works on a, obviously a really good team that went to the World Series last year. Yeah, we'll have to face the Dodgers a lot, not as much as before the rule change, so the schedule change. Uh, but still, gets to face the Padres and Giants a lot too, though. Yep, and that's looking pretty good right now. And the Rockies for half the times. Yep, Just give me some bad teams out there this year, Jeff. Yeah, yep, there are, there are, um, and, and both. Both AL and NL West, I think the Angels are going to be maybe not special bad. Uh, there's a there's only one special bad in the AL West, but I think the Angels could be really bad. Yeah, um, the the vagabond team that has no home after this year, um, they're going to be. By the way, I'm, I'm sure you've been following. I don't even have to ask you, but it that this is a continuing shit show with, when it comes to the A. <laughs> they're not even remotely close to putting a shovel in the ground in Vegas. Yeah, uh, that's like the, right. la- the first plan they have didn't fit in the land, the land area that they were looking to put it in. Right. And then, well, they're going to have, well, we're going to have this presentation in December. Oh, these troopers got killed and we're not going to reschedule. And maybe in March, we'll have a re- unveiling of it there. I'm like, really? I mean, yeah, I was reading I, up on that. Nobody wants them. Nobody. Did you see the clip of the, uh, there was like a Vegas, like city council meeting and the person went up there was like, oh, we're going to talk about the A's next. So not everybody's going to cheer. And Nobody made a noise in the whole place. It was awesome. I saw that. That was amazing. I'm sure there's probably some context was lost in there, but like it's just how, it how dead it was. It was from, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there was something there, but like it was just amazing how well that worked out. But uh, a couple of starting pitchers here. Uh, Chris Sale traded to Atlanta. ADP is about 153. Um, I like I like how Chris Sale looked last year. He had a couple of blow up starts that really made his overall numbers look worse than they were. Uh, 4.3 ERA. But you look at his. Like a lot of his stuff was back. Strikeout rate was the 88th percentile in the majors last year, 29.4%. Walk rate was under 7%. His FIP was uh, about a half uh, half run lower than his ERA was. His last three starts are really good to the end of the year. He looked really good at the end of the season. 
StatCast page jumps off the page. Um, Chris Sale is someone that I am going to be in on at the 80, in the ADP at the 150. That's like the 10-11 turn on a really, really good team with an incredible offense. Um, I really like uh, I love the price on sale this year. You won't love it by the time it gets to the main event. It's I'm, afraid, be like, I'm, af- I'm afraid you're right. I think it'll be 50 points higher. I think it'll be like 100. I, I was going to say like 120, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, as we start, everybody, everybody's going to dig in and look at that and be like, Oh my God, Chris, Sale looked like he was back except for those couple exactly. of starts. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's all it takes is like, Oh, he's hitting 97. Look at that swing and miss. Yeah. You know, we're going to see that on Twitter and we're like, Oh, maybe fewer people are on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe they'll only boost at 30 spots instead of 50. <laughs> I'm afraid all the fancy baseball people are still on Twitter though. Yeah. And it, bless their hearts. Thank God. Are you actually wearing a Fletch shirt? Was that person the chat? It is. Correct? It is Fletch. Um, my brother got this for me a long time ago. Uh, I'm glad we worked that out. I don't want to make sure. I want to make sure just when the Lakers shirt. You hadn't. Like yeah, I, I'm not shirt. a Lakers fan. No, yeah. it's it's totally a Fletch shirt, and it says Underhill on the back. Uh, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it is. It, it's great. That is well done. Uh, two guys. Uh, two more starters here, and we'll jump out. Uh, two guys who. One guy who was really good last year. One guy who struggled. Um, how do you feel about Marcus Stroman going to New York? Like. He seems to fit well in the fact that he gets so many ground balls. Uh, 57, yeah. 57% ground ball rate last year. Crazy low fly ball rate. I think it was like 22%. But uh, he's a guy that hasn't pitched a lot. He's back-to-back years under 140 innings. ERA was three and a half last year. But he's had four straight seasons with an ERA under four. Um, you're never going to get strikeouts from Stroman, but you know usually he stays in games. He keeps the ERA low, gets a lot of ground balls, uh, manages barrel rates really well. Um, it gives up a lot of hard contact, but a lot of those are ground balls. So, you know, the barrel rate needs to be in the air. Um, how do you feel about Stroman going to New York? I, I get the feeling like this either works really, really well or really, really badly, and there's no in-between possible. I just, that's so funny because I think he's just a cromulent signing. I think he's fine. Um, I, just, I, I feel like I, I think New York's going to either love him or hate him, and I can't figure out which one it is. Well, probably. It depends on how he gets started, right? Probably, uh, probably very true, yeah. I, I think if he's truly their third starter, he'll be fine. They need Carlos Rodon to be Badly. something approximating what they signed him for. Yes, because um, last year was a disaster. Right. If he if they're relying on him to be a number two, if Cole gets off to any sort of rough start, which I don't think he will, but nah. um, if, if Cortez is more like 2023 and less like 2022, then all of a sudden, then, yeah, they're going to be counting on him more, and that, that'll be problematic. Uh, but if he can be their comfortable old shoe as the number three starter, then I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, I hope he is. I obviously really, really uh, like Stroman as the uh, the one pitcher in baseball who might actually be shorter than me. I'm a big, I'm a big Stroman fan. I like the fire on the mound. Um, I just think I think you're right. I think like the first six starts are going to mean so much to him because I think New York's either going to love him or hate him. And there's I don't think there's going to be an in between at all. Yeah, I can see it. Um, I mean, yeah, ADP is two seventy two. I am definitely in on that price. I. Yeah. On a on a team that should score some runs, you know they added yeah. Soto. Who knows what happens with Stan? But they're still they're gonna score some runs. Uh, I know they didn't last year. The second half of their offense last year was really bad. But they're they, they're a different offense. Um, I don't know. He just always man. He's just a guy that knows how to pitch. And I know that sounds like you can't really quantify that, but a ton of ground balls always mm-hmm. keeps him there, keeps him in games. I, I think that price is too low. Yeah, I like it too. I agree with you on that one there. Um, I want to talk. Well, there, I know you said you only want to talk two more pitchers. Oh, I want talk, to talk about the Kansas City guys too when we're okay. done with the other one there. So real quick, but let's talk, yeah, let's talk those pitchers and then we'll jump out of here. Lucas Giolito and then the Kansas City guys. Uh, yeah. Giolito back to back nightmare years. There is uh, there's no like oh one outlier year four eight eight last year four nine zero the year before. Uh, 
Hard hit rate uh, is 41.5%. Barrel rate is 11%. He's like 8th percentile on that number. Uh, K rate's uh, 25%, so he's fine there. Walk rate's a little high. Home runs per nine at 2.0, like a ton of home runs. You look at the stat cast page, not much to like here. ADP is 214 going to Boston. Tough place to pitch. Boston's a really good home hitters park. Uh, fastball velocity is kind of the key for me here. It's down from where it was, the 2019 to 21, 21 starts when he was really good. He had a 546 slug against in his fastball last year. That's an ugly number. Um, I just don't think I want to mess with this. Wasn't it like wasn't he the pitcher on that Patriots Day thrashing? <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, he was and he was like he was the guy last year in drafts. Like he was moved up. Uh there were really good players like moving up in the second round last year. Like people were really pushing him up last year, and he was he was a mess. Give me Strowman at his price over Giolito at his price anyway. Every- Every day, like I can't believe they're sixty picks apart. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I think if you if you lived through it last year, you're definitely not one. This is not <laughs> yeah. a he owes me sort of thing. It's more. I like, think I lived through it two years ago, so I'm just, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you have back to back years, there's so many people that live through it. Like maybe, uh, maybe someone who didn't experience is going to do it. But, whew. yeah, yeah. Larusa left him hanging out to dry on that Patriots Day start. I remember that now, and ugh. I was so mad. I, know. I was mad online for a day. It seems uh, it seems like a long time since Larusa was there. I know it wasn't, but no. man, it seems like a long time ago. Sometime. Sure, it's a good thing they fixed those culture things though by getting rid of Larusa. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, man. oh man, I I, I thought it was the right move too, but clearly they had to do other moves too. He had so many bad starts last year. He had a nine earned run game, an eight earned run game. My God. Yeah. His second game with the Angels was a nine earned run game. Yeah, suboptimal. Uh, you mentioned the Kansas City pitchers. Uh, I guess we're talking Seth Lugo and Michael Walker is who you're. Uh, yeah, and just that they spent money. I mean, they did. They, I mean, KC spent money and like other teams didn't. They signed Hunter Renfro, which I think is of dubious value. Uh, they signed Will Smith, which is even more dubious. Uh, and Chris Stratton too. They, I mean, they were they, they spent money. Um, and this is something they haven't done. Uh, but it, it speaks to the fact that their pitcher development was so piss poor for so long that they had to bring in arms. Um, I like Lugo. I like that they got a got, and I, and I also like what they were able to do with Reagan's last year too. So maybe there, there's like something positive. Even Waco was pretty good last year. You just can't stay healthy. Uh, I'm. We did uh, the XFL auction in November, and this was before Lugo. You know, Lugo was still a free agent at the time before the the Royals snatched him up. I got him, and I also got Michael King. And Michael King obviously ended up in San Diego, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, and going to be a starter. Yes, well, I, I bought him as a starter. I, I figured he'd be a starter wherever he was. Um, to, to show you how far I come along, a month ago someone shot me a DC list with Michael King, and I'm like, oh, where's he closing? And then I realized that he was not closing. Yeah, well, it, so, it's come along way, come along way in a month, Jeff. He, he did both, um, you know, and that's the thing. Um, he, he might revert back, but not he won't be the closer in San Diego because they, they added three relievers or two relievers plus uh, plus Suarez is there, too. But anyways, um, uh, Lugo, Lugo scares the crap out of me. Does he? Yeah, I get it. Uh, walk or swing strike rate and only nine percent. So you're not going to get strikeouts. And the hard hit rate was 44 percent last year. It's just a scary combo, like lack of whiffs and a lot of hard contract. I just, uh, I mean, ADP is fine. It's two seventy five. Like, I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. hurt you there. Um, I wish I, he would have signed elsewhere, but yeah, well, it's a good place to pitch, right? If not yeah. a good team to pitch for, a good ballpark to pitch. And I just, 
Right. Hard contact plus no swing and miss. I just that scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Lugo oh, or Waka, who do you prefer? You know, that's a good question. I think I probably I'm just looking at Waka here. I'm that I haven't I hadn't looked at him before we started talking. Um yeah, they're pretty close. I probably lean slight Waka. Yeah, I can see it there. A little uh about nine percent lower hard hit rate. Uh swing strike rate's about two percent better. So I think the strikeouts will be there a little more than Lugo. Um back to back really good years for Lugo. Three point three and three point two ERAs. Like that's very yeah. quietly too. Like I don't think people uh that, that jumps out, but uh for that for, price, I mean I'd rather have Stroman than than Lugo at the price, but I might take both. And Walker's even lower. Walker's 288 in the last month, uh, ADP. Um, some interesting, there's some decent names down there, though. Then we're talking, what is that, eight, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th round? I think those are all guys that um, aren't going to hurt you and have a pretty good chance to help you, too. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. Um, you know Strowman, that, by the way, the reason why he's down is because he got hurt last year. So he, yeah. he's discounted quite a bit, I think. Yeah, he's under 140 innings, I think, the last two seasons. Yeah, so I think that's the reason why he he's so cheap right now. But I'll still take that chance because I'll take 140 innings at pick 275. Also, by the way, I think people are scared to death of Yankee Stadium too. But I think he's got the profile that actually can be okay there. I mean, 57 yeah. percent ground balls, a ton. It is. Before we jump out, I gotta ask you, uh, Tiasca Hernandez going to LA. How do you feel about our our former our former friend there? He's still our friend, Tiasca. Um, still our friend. I, it's a one year deal can't be bad for the Dodgers that much. I mean, whatever. I mean, it, it's expensive, but they're, they print money. So, uh, yeah. they had 35,000 at fan fest yesterday, by the way, as well. They should. And this is why 35,000, my God, it looked, it looked, I saw the clips. It looked insane. Like horrible place to be at, but my God, 35, just, just the selling of beer and food dollars. We like what a day for them. Yeah. And, but you know what? They invest in their product. Yeah. They, they get the reward. Good for them. I, um, LA, LA fans get a lot of heat, but man, that place is sold out. Almost every night. That place is packed all yeah, the time. Every game you go to is maybe not sold out on a Tuesday night, but like there are 30 plus, there are 35, 40, every night that place is jumping. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think Teoscar could, I mean, obviously he wasn't getting helped in Seattle by the ballpark. No. So going to LA is not going to hurt him in that respect. He's a guy that's not that great defensively. Um, but uh, I, that's a very nice statement about our family member. Yeah, I know. And he can't. He can't DH there either. Is a problem. True. Although, like at, all, no. at all. At all. Well, wait. Oh yeah, because Otani. The I was thinking yeah. JD's not there anymore. Oh, oh yeah. The, <laughs> um, JD still unsigned. We only started the show with him, Jeff. JD is unsigned still. JD's unsigned too. You're right. Um, he was good last year. He was great. It was yeah. a great, great, great chance by them. Uh, Tasker also is the only righty in their outfielders. Um. Isn't that right? I mean, they've got oh, Outman. Um, trying to look. I'm pretty sure. If Jason, I, Jason Hayward. Yeah. Uh, the, and well, you know, obviously, uh, Chris Taylor, I guess, too, still stands out there. And they have Manny Margot now, too. So oh, they do have Margot, other yeah. righties. Yeah, but obviously, DH is aside from a day here and a day there is right. not available. You're right about that. That's true for, you know, that that kind of hurts someone like Max Muncie, I would feel like. You know, they want to give them a day, you know, just let them DH. They can't really do that. I mean, I can't do it at all. Like, you got to, you want Otani to hit there for 150 games a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I mean, as long as, I think, Teoscar, the, the thing that I realize is that the, that batting average of 2020 was just not coming back. That 25% strikeout rate was an outlier. He's been of 20, 
8% or higher every other year in his career, aside from his rookie year. He only played 41 games. He was 31% last year. Uh, the hard contact is real, but the strikeouts are really real. So as long as you, I think you're going to be okay with 255, but you get 255 with 28 homers and, you know, six to eight steals in that park, in that lineup. ADP is 126. He was like a fourth rounder last year. I'm okay I'm with ADP. Yeah, I know. I took him too. Um, <laughs> I took him too. Uh, I'm okay at that ADP, but not a target for me. I think that, uh, I think he's fine in that range, but not someone I'm going to jump off the page to. Agreed. Yeah, uh, our friend Andy Gialdi asked, do you think they play Otani every day? I think that, you know, early on, maybe he gets some days. But I think as you get in the summer months, like, I think he want, he's going to want to play every day. I think you're going to want him in it every day. So I think that, right. you know, maybe 150 was too high, but 140 of those games is going to be DHing. And I think the the brunt of his games off will be in the first, you know, six to eight weeks. Yeah. Bottom half of that Dodger lineup is a little, eh. I mean, Hayward, can he repeat, you know, uh, Gavin Lux, what's he going to look like this year? Fascinating question because I have no idea. That, that, I mean, he was the guy two years ago, and now who the heck knows? He wasn't really even the guy when he was the guy. That's the other. But like thing. in the minors, he was the guy. Like he, well, was, yeah, he was mashing in the minors. But he's never done it at the big league he level. Has not. Yeah. Vargas could get a dead cat bounce. Um, that that's an interesting guy to me. But yep. where's the playing time? That's the tough part because now he's more. He's going to be looking the outfield because Mookie Betts is the full time second baseman. Wild. Of course, Vargas isn't a second baseman either. Um, that that's the other thing. Uh, but you know they. But then again, Freddie and Mookie and Shohei every single day. Oh, oh is that a, f- a fun time? Like you just don't miss the first inning of Dodger games, right? Right, Jeez. right. Because yeah. Freddie never never sits. Freddie's always there. Yeah. Mookie's almost always there. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, that, that top three is just friggin' awesome. Yeah, it is. Will Smith, Will Smith might have a few guys on base hitting fourth, too. And I think he has a nice little bounce back, too, by the way. Yeah, I do, too. He's going to have so, – his runner scoring position, he's going to have guys on base all day long. Yeah. All right, well, let's jump out of here. I think that it's funny. We had talk, we had some other stuff we were going to think about talking about in case we had enough time, but obviously uh, we tend to uh, we tend to talk uh, when we talk baseball. It tends to uh, it tends to go fast, but uh, take a while. So it's uh, we'll we'll hit uh, corner infielders either uh, next week or the week after. We have those kind of saved up, and we'll definitely figure that out. But uh, Jeff, anything else on your mind before we uh, before we jump out of here? No, just happy to be doing this again. Me too. Every it's so funny. I'm like, oh, it's February. How can I talk about baseball? And an hour and fifteen minutes later, I'm like, we didn't even hit. It, it, we hit like two thirds of the stuff on the spreadsheet. So exactly. on the outline. So that's good. But want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we will be at you on Sunday nights for many, many months here. Always look forward to it. It's always a lot of fun for us. We appreciate all the kind words and a number of people. Uh, we had a lot of responses on Twitter after you tweeted out that we were back today. That, were, that was really nice to read. It's heartening. So we do, uh, we do really, really appreciate that. It helps me get really into baseball because yeah. I, uh, I tend to start a little bit slow with baseball, but talking to you and talking to everybody about it uh, really makes it a lot of fun. Well, want thanks fan tracks for their sponsorship of the podcast to all preseason. We really appreciate that. You want to follow Jeff on Twitter. What are you at? Jeff underscore Erickson is his Twitter. I am at Scott Jensted. We'll be uh, talking baseball. Uh, I'll be ramping it up. Jeff's already talking to baseball on there, but we'll be getting there. So if you have any questions, hit us up there. Other than that, uh, really happy to be back. Thanks everyone for listening. A lot of uh, questions in the chat, a lot of chatter in the chat, which is always fun to see. And, uh, We'll back at you next week. And most importantly for this podcast, Jeff, go Niners. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Have a really good week.